Ha! Back again for another Binge Watchers podcast. Johnny Spoiler here, who spoils the movies he loves. Jordan Savage, who can review a movie without having seen it. That's how savage she is. And Dangerous Dave, who will drop the dangerous trivia about tonight's movie on you in a little while. We're wrapping up our Bad Romance Movie Month with a Hal Ashby entry. Ashby. Hal Ashby entry. The last detail. One of my favorite Nicholson movies. We'll talk about the celebrity cameos in this thing. But first, we're going to go right off on a a programmed, a planned, a pre... Dave, a tangent that I planned for about as-seen-on-TV products. Specifically, (laughs) whether or not my co-hosts have a love affair with anything that they've seen on TV and then seem to vanish from the face of the earth like this freaking Panini Press. I had this thing years ago. Its official name is the Red Copper Flip Witch Duo. It's a stovetop panini maker. Um, the thing's amazing. You can just basically make a panini, like a world-class restaurant quality Italian sandwich in your apartment kitchen. It's made out of copper. Its only defect was the handle because the handle snapped off pretty easily. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's pretty sturdy. I made some great paninis, and then I couldn't replace it. And I'm like, what the hell happened? So now I'm just like, to make this into a podcast episode, I was like, let me do some research here like David would do. See how dangerous Johnny could be. There was a Thrillist article written called The Rise and Fall of the Panini that came out in October of 2021. So I guess I I thought the love for Panini still existed. But then I saw a Food and Wine article, The Best Griddle and Sandwich Makers of 2023. But it's kind of overkill because instead of this artistic, romantic-looking panini maker that anybody could have, you get these like soulless machines with like timers and different modes it's not just mixed paninis it's like one of those things where they shoved in 10 different functions into one thing so you lose all sense of direction and artistry and it's just no longer creative cooking and it's one of the things that michael scott burns his foot on pretty much (laughs) that's right there's like grill or whatever in a famous episode of the office where uh freaking steve carell is Michael Gary Scott. Wow, I remembered his whole name. He, uh, he, the office manager, burns his foot while he's trying to make bacon because he likes to fall asleep to this. No, no, he likes to wake up to the sizzle of bacon, so he sets a timer the night before. Well, anyway, if I take a breath, though, my point is, I want to go back to simpler times with my sandwich panini press, David, and I loved it. Now I'm heartbroken that I, I can't get it. Sounds like a first world problem, folks, but guess what? Things are blowing up over here. Like the whole state of Ohio. So, you know, while I'm dreaming about panini presses, we, we have seriously terrible things going on. So there is no first world anymore. Everybody's broken. Everyone. <laughs> so, David, do you, is there an as seen on TV thing that you also love that you can't get your hands on? Or There's actually a magical aisle in Walmart where you can get as seen on TV products. I have one. You can't see them on TV anymore, yeah. but. I can let Dave go first, but um, you know the the one thing that I've always flirted with buying um, because I thought the commercials were ridiculous, but um, mm. then I then I realized like oh there is a use for this is the snuggie because I <laughs> I have curled up under a blanket on my couch many times and realized like oh I need my drink but it's cold out there. <laughs> So well, they have a bunch of variations on the snuggie, yeah. like the snuggie hoodie, the blanket hoodie, yeah, the comfy, like... yeah, I yeah, got the comfy. But I always feel like I'd be trash if I get one. But like now, I'm like, eh, I, I see the practicality of it. <laughs> so I think, unless I ma- imagined this or saw it in a movie, I think there's one that's like a snuggie but has a bowl of cereal in it. Like there's a thing to eat out of where well, the pockets are. Then unless like I made that snacky? up, we should patent that shit and get it to market as fast as possible. And they have ones for kitties where you can like put cat the cat inside the pocket. What? So oh, that man. sounds like a kangaroo thing. Like, hey, take your pet. Although I'm disappointed, and I maybe this is where I need to go pitch to Snuggy is like they don't have a two person Snuggy, only one. Like it seems natural. Like if you a love so seat you can Snuggy. human centipede or what is that movie? The horror movie. <laughs> the human centipede. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can human centipede your loved ones. I would love it, honestly. Like, oh. give me a hole for one arm. I can hold mm. his hand on the inside and have two separate hoods. Well, I I'm think you can do it. other things while you're in there. This is true. Absolutely. What you're holding, nobody knows because you're both inside the Snuggie. 
you would never guess. Mm. Mine would be the bump it, which I don't know uh, if you guys know what the bump that's is. That's a video I game do. or like a handheld no, game, right? No, it's for the hair. <laughs> I should have pulled up an image. Was it like it. a scrunchie or something? It was this no, plastic it's... piece that you put, and it's like it looks just like this section, like if it just went like this, and you would tease your hair to go over it so you'd have this absolute hideous big like a Dr. Hoof. Seuss Whoville haircut? Kind of. It More like Snooky. Yes. It, <laughs> what? It, it nailed Snooky it. how she had the bump in her hair. It was like basically to do that. Like <laughs> the bump in the middle of the head and it was Did very... she endorse it? Is there like a Snooky exclusive bump? It? There might be. Yeah, it would it be cheetah be. print colored. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the bump it. Not ever something that I wanted, but I was like, it was such the style and I was like, I, I couldn't pull it off, but... I love as uh, as seen on TV commercials. They're like, have you ever seen the one for the titty bear? No, that's <laughs> yeah. so interesting. This is a product. This was a real product. It was a little teddy bear that you could attach to your uh, seatbelt, and it was marketed towards women to say like, oh well, if you put this, and they they, they knew what they were doing. There's they no way T-I-D-D-Y. the official title was the titty bear. I actually think I've seen it. Yeah, it's called that's the titty t i d d y titty bear. Oh, titty bear. No, they they pronounce it. The commercials say distinctly titty. Titty bear. Interesting. Ooh, wow. the hiragami. That was a cool one, too. Dave loves to take the show below the belt any chance he gets. Let me tell you, if it was hair-related, I've stayed up so many times watching, mm. like, hour-and-a-half-long infomercials on this. It's, like, just mind-numbing, but... My wife actually bought the that stupid one. The, the one. Um, the, the, the air curler. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking? Where I it's do. like, oh, just put your hair in it, and it'll give you natural curls, and it didn't do anything but blow your hair around in a circle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, even my panini presses, I said, had a defect, but it made really great sandwiches. But once the handle was gone, it fell apart. Mm. Um, So that's that's the thing. I don't know how quality is. There's a whole movie trilogy based on the guy. Remember Night at the Museum? Yeah. He has like a special flashlight he's trying to sell. It's like an essay on TV thing. Hmm. Also, there's a whole other movie with him and, and... Oh, Jack Black's going to come up later in the episode, folks, but I'm tying together uh, Ben Siller and Jack Black are in a as seen on TV movie where it makes your poop magically disappear or the dog poop magically oh, disappear. Oh, Envy? Yeah, it, it like sends the vapor riser or something that sounds Vape- like an as seen yeah. on TV thing that might actually really exist. Interesting. But it just magically makes the poop disappear, but then it all comes back at the end. I don't know. Um, So we're going to say, because they're like, People are probably like, why haven't you talked about Adam Sandler? We talked about him recently. He made a lot of rom-coms. Most of his movies are actually would fall under the umbrella of rom-com, except for the dramas he gets cast in. But these usually aren't, those aren't the movies he's producing, but most of what he makes with his own company is like a rom-com. Yeah. I said, well, okay, we'll yeah. take a poll. Best of his rom-coms and the worst. I got my three best and I got my worst that people should avoid. It's also on my mind because I watched one the other day, hmm. but I thought I would ask. Believe it or not, I haven't seen too many. So hmm. out of like the three that I've really seen, I'll have to rate them that way. I feel yeah. like I've seen other Adam Sandler movies, but I don't know if you'd consider them rom-com. But my favorite would be Fifty First First Dates. I love that oh, one yeah. so much. Number yeah. two on my list. Yeah. Uh, so many good lines from that. I love the big Hawaiian man who's like, you don't know the paper when, when he's like trying to take me to wait no no yeah when he's trying to take nope that's a different movie nope just had movie deja vu swisheroo anyways my least favorite which is only because i've only seen three is probably click which i still kind of oh. liked yeah I wow. like that movie. I got a I, departure on that. Me too. I, okay. I even, well, I liked Hubie Halloween, which you two did not. And I thought that yeah. could be a rom-com. So, yeah. Basically, every movie of his is a rom-com because they always pair him up with somebody way out of his league. Total, babe. <laughs> yeah, completely Dave, agree. What's, what's your list? Um, I, You know, mine would also include 50 First Dates. Um, then this is probably, uh, number two is probably my favorite movie of his, but I'm still going to say it's number two because it's a little lower on the rom-com side of things. But um, uh, of course, punch drunk love. Um, but the only one that could be, <laughs> I tried to set you up for a softball. Like a couple seconds ago, I said of the movies he's produced, he's in the rom-coms. 
Unshrunk Love is made by a different filmmaker, and he happens, but he happens to be in. Yeah, but he's part of it. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it had to be. Okay, then fine, then we'll just throw that out the window, even though it's still an Adam Sandler movie. Um, no, it's well, a then Paul I mean, Thomas Anderson movie. Well, yeah, but he's in it. I mean, eh, it's peanut butter and um, I, I see what you try to do there. Try to pull fast ones, sneak that in. There. Well, then okay, fine. Then we'll take that off the table. Then number one with a bullet would be Wedding Singer. Like you don't get much mm. more romantic uh, than that with that movie. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say what the worst are because he's made some pretty bad movies. I mean, probably um, Mr. Deeds. I hated that movie. I didn't like anything about it. Oh, mm-hmm. although did I just jump the gun? <laughs> No. By stating my worst one? No, because I asked you, you what are your best fair. and what's your worst? Yeah. Well, then, yeah, definitely Mr. Deeds was probably the worst one that I can recall. Because I stopped watching his movies after a while. I think That's My Boy was the last one I saw in the theater. But, hmm. I kind of liked that one. I forgot about That's My Boy. I watched that. I, I kind of liked it, too. But, I mean, he it was diminishing returns. But I think, I think that more was the Adam, Adam, Andy Samberg Andy movie. Andy Samberg. I didn't yeah. see it, but I remember him being in it. I mean, um, so at the bet, my top best, my number one is clicked, which Jordan said, screw that. No, oh. I really liked it, but I'm just like 50 first <laughs> dates got is better. 50 first dates number two. <laughs> blended is number three. But blended also has um Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. But it's like they each have different kids, and then it's kind of like they're gonna build a step family and they well, get they go on a vacation and have to pretend they're already a family, and then of course they fall in love. It's a rom-com. Um there's another movie like that called Just Go With It, where he's a plastic surgeon and Jennifer Aniston has to pretend to be the wife with the kids to impress the new girlfriend because she thinks he's just a shallow plastic surgeon. I did. But see Blended and Just Go With It are too much alike. So Just Go With It is the inferior one, but it has some weird moments because it also has Nick Swardson, right? And I, I didn't see it. It's just like in that movie, it's like lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. So at one point, Nick Swardson's character. Is pretending he, to be like a it, German businessman who's obsessed with sheep, and then at one point has to revive a, a dead sheep. So, but does he play her guy that she brings? Yeah, he's supposed okay. to be the boyfriend of Jennifer because Jennifer is supposed to be the ex-wife, right, of the plastic surgeon, right? Yeah, and you're right. Nick Swartzen is supposed to be her German boyfriend who's into all weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really funny because he just does it. Accident. He they didn't plan him to do that. He just he just like took the opportunity. And, Jumped in. But the, uh, on my worst list, Hubie's at the top. No! And it's... The only thing worse than Hubie is Jack and Jill, where Adam he Sandler plays, plays twins, a man and a female twin. But the, the, in, the most interesting thing about that movie is that Al Pacino is obsessed with Jill. Like, he wants to fall in love with the female twin, chases her around the whole movie, interrupts a play he's doing on Broadway to try to get her on a, a phone call with him. Hmm. But the best thing about that movie is the endorsement of Dunkin' Donuts, where Al Pacino is in a Dunkachino commercial, but then says, and I might have brought this up on a couple of episodes ago because I just love the music video, where he's like, you must burn this. Nobody can ever see the copy of this Dunkachino music video. However, the actual clip from the movie where he's watching the music video, they actually had him film it in the movie. So you can actually watch this Dunkachino, you know, coffee commercial music video. And it's really entertaining. So. But that's that's my list. Um, where are we at? Okay, so there's a couple different lifestyles. They're both active. Are you a homebody or a travel body? And this kind of goes, I guess, to Tinder dates. If it has to do with romances, I guess it's like matching up your Tinder matches or, or your relationships or whatever. But also, it's like, before the show started, I'm kind of like... Uh, stuck on like oh i should go to this thing in brooklyn there's like a networking event in brooklyn but i was told last minute and i'm like but a a plane ticket's like this much money a hotel's this much money and it's just at a pizza bar where they make pizza so it's like it's not like lenny's lenny's just closed which was featured in saturday night fever so they're not even in brooklyn anymore they just closed like saturday so it's like this like do the pros outweigh the cons i'm not sure and i was just feeling like a really conflicted but it's like not enough notice but i i realized Actually, I have anxiety anxiety around traveling like anything. Like, what do I do? Like, I watch movies. So, like, I'm more of a homebody. I used to, I used to go outdoorsy. I love swimming, but I mostly stay at home. So, it's like, oh, I'll probably get killed by a, a household accident. You know, I'll trip. 
on my panini press or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was just like, oh, I should ask my co-hosts, like from a philosophical standpoint, like, are they a travel body and get excited by all the travel they have to do and organizing the travel? Because I was thinking about like, oh, I need to get a pre-board check so I don't have to stand in a line because I can't do the lines at the airport. Also, I don't travel with anything anymore. I don't bring suitcases, shampoo, none of that stuff. I figured like I bring one outfit. I buy an outfit wherever I'm going. I buy all my, my toiletries while I'm there and I leave them there like, or I throw them away at the hotel because I can't deal with the TSA moment where it's like take all your stuff off, put all your stuff through the thing. Um, you can take the shampoo, but you can't take this mouthwash. You know what I mean? Like the like that whole thing. It's bordering on mental illness. I'll admit that, but <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I just can't, uh, I can't do I, So I was looking at private charter airplanes. It's like, what does it cost to take a private jet for an hour from Boston to Brooklyn? I was like, Oh, it's uh, extremely expensive. It's uh, it's extremely expensive. <laughs> yeah. So um, here's hoping celebrity status for you this year, Dave, that you'll be able to board a private jet at some point. Um. Also talking about coordinating trips. I'm like, we're going to get the podcasters on the show together. We do this like virtually, folks. You might know that already. I mean, I don't know. They might know that. I don't know. Um, Is there a point? Are you a travel body? I think Jordan's a travel body, but I don't want to peg her incorrectly. I'm I'm really more of a homebody, but I yeah. I am a good traveler. But I think that there's a sweet well now spot. she has a broken door on her in her apartment and she yes. can't get out. She's trapped. I <laughs> have to stay home at this yeah. point. That's what the multi tool is for. Yeah. Um. No, I think that there's a sweet spot on a travel trip, though. Mm. No more than five days. If it's more than five days, if like an actual vacation, I think it should be no more than do, five. Do days. you think that number of days makes it worth the traveling? Like, if you're there for five days, then it justifies the money you have to spend. No, I just think like after like night four, I'm just like, okay, I'd rather be in my bed with my cats. I think like that's <laughs> what makes me super satisfied. How do you handle alone. the airport? Getting through the lines, all fine. that crap. I and I, I buy one of like the largest airports in the United States. You know, LAX is one of them too, but the DIA is massive. Oh, so, Denver, like Denver yeah. International. Mm-hmm. So that, so you don't get riddled with like, so maybe I guess it's all a head trip, right? It must all be a state of mind. I travel light too. Like I pack a bag and I don't really bring a whole lot of Yeah, that's what of, like, I mean. Like the people that bring like stuff. their entire house with them when they travel. So they got like five suitcases and they have to take off three belts, two pairs yeah. of shoes. And like, <laughs> like I'm trying to travel with nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm like wearing like backpack. one outfit, easy on, easy off. Get through there without causing so many security disruptions, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying, David? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you, Dave? Are you a homebody or are you a travel uh, body? I, I'm definitely a homebody because, like, traveling gives me anxiety. Even just, like, a weekend getaway, I'm like, oh, sh- you got to find the Airbnb or the hotel or... Well, that, that's I what I'm saying. So do you think <clears> in circles, like, about, like, how am I going to get the hotel? Where's the hotel? Like, do you... Yeah, That's basically, like, like is it in a good neighborhood? Does it have free parking? Does it have Wi-Fi? You know, hmm. like, all those things, uh, you know, because we do the show. Like, if I travel for the weekend, I'm like, it's got to have Wi-Fi because i got to watch the movie of the week. Or, mm-hmm. plan. Ah, yeah, see, you're getting me thinking about it already, getting anxiety. <laughs> I'm already planning, like, a trip in, like, two weeks, and now you got Same. my mind going on. That. No, but yeah, I'm yeah. so excited for my trip in two weeks. Where are you going? Well, I know I have to go to Seattle Arizona. and probably Austin. So yeah, so I don't, I haven't figured out anything yet, and so I am riddled with anxiety. But it's like all to try to make the show bigger and better, you know. Um, But that's a lot. So I almost want to be, I almost like, it's wishful thinking. It's like, hey, uh, have like a person that that they just figure out all this stuff. But then that costs money too. You go to a college and find a PA. <laughs> get somebody, a, we're gonna get that credit. intern. Yeah, there <laughs> work you go. experience. Get an only. unpaid intern. Yeah, yeah, unpaid interns. You got a place in the world. <laughs> um, our next goofy game we're playing on this episode. This is an unusual episode. We have like all these little mini games. It's fine. Um, mm. Is one of our listeners wanted to know: Have we crashed a wedding? And are we excited for Wedding Crashers too? We are excited for Wedding Crashers too, at least from my standpoint, because we mentioned the rumor mail of it a few episodes ago and yeah, I'm on board. Um, let's see. It's, uh, Dave, who's in wedding crashers? Vince uh, Vaughn. Owen Wilson, Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn. Owen Wilson. Yeah. So, okay. Gonna be great. I think it should happen. I'd love to see it. 
Uh, they should bring back Will Ferrell, who's crashing funerals in that movie. Um, I've crashed some hotel weddings for sure, but they're already in progress, like during the party moments, and they don't really care. It's an open bar. Haven't really gotten in trouble or gotten caught, never gotten yelled at. Hmm. But of yeah. course, and there you wouldn't believe me because I just told you how much I hate to travel. <laughs> but but yeah, I've gotten into some wedding bar situations at hotels where you're just it's already in full swing. So you know, an extra cousin at the bar or whatever, it's not gonna really make a difference. I guess you would stand out if like the wedding was very specific, right? To like a oh, ceremony yeah. or type of wedding, but yeah, modern weddings that it was just people hanging out, telling jokes. Yeah, I, I've done at least uh, probably once or twice. Uh, hmm. What about you, Jordan? No official weddings. I I've never crashed an official wedding. So I would though on my shift when I would be bartending a wedding uh, at the um, the uh carrying company I worked for, we would like sneak off into exhibits because it was in museums and then be, you know, drinking some of the champagne. So hmm. I'd still have a little fun, but not an official crash. So well usually everybody's in such good spirits at a wedding. They include the bartenders and the service people in the party. Like, come on guys. It's a little hard to hide though when you're wearing like tuxedo pants and like a white button up shirt with a hmm. tie. But you know, it was fun to sneak away for a little bit. What about you, Dave? I've, I've never crashed a wedding, so I can't can't say I've done that. Uh, and I have not worked in proximity to a bar or to a wedding to you know even join in. But no, well, just been invited to weddings and gotten. Oh, really I drunk. thought it was more commonplace. Now I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> like I'm like going <laughs> to people's weddings and drinking their booze. I mean, I mean, it might be commonplace, but like I said, if you don't have the opportunity, you know, I haven't been at a hotel when <sighs> one's going on. Wow. Um, oh, some pretty exciting home video headlines. There's a Hellboy reboot of the reboot based on one of the more creepy graphic novels, Hellboy the Crooked Man. Um, and it's going to be written by Mike Mignola, who is the actual creator of Hellboy. So he's working on the script with one of the Dark Horse comic book writers. So it should be pretty, uh, pretty good. However, uh, I like Hellboy so much. I watched all the cartoon movies. I watched the first two movies with Ron Perlman. I watched the third Hellboy with um, the other reboot with David, uh, Harbour. David Harbour. Yeah. So I'm on board. It's easy. This is easy for me because I'm already I'm a fanboy. It's like a, it's a guaranteed thing. I'll buy the ticket, right? I, I'll wait to hear what people say. I didn't. I didn't care for the Gelrin and Blotora ones. Um, I know people love them. They're not bad. They just weren't for me. And I I didn't even finish the David Harbour one. There was some interesting stuff about it, but it was just like a weak story. It was just something was off about it. But if That's I hear it's funny, good, I'll I watch it. you'll be watching some Hellboy before the year is out. I think I think it's somewhere on the playlist. Yeah, all right. He just rolled I, his eyes. If you're only listening, David rolled his eyes at Hellboy. Somebody make note of that. They're, they're fine. David Harper, like, if you're listening, you rolled his eyes at Hellboy. I, hey, <laughs> um, I like Stranger Things. I just didn't care for the Hellboy. Oh, here's one that'll get you going, David. How to Train Your Dragon live action. Do it. We we haven't had a good dragon movie in theaters since what? Dragonheart? Do the it. original Dragonheart? Not the made for... Uh, no, no, I'm talking the original. I haven't even seen any of the sequels, the direct-to-video sequels. Hmm. Have you seen How to Train Your Dragon, Jordan? No, but I know who Toothless oh, wow. is because he's super <laughs> cute. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, my cat looks like Toothless as well, oh, so hilarious. I think she's super cute. Um, I just don't know how they're going to use any of the cast. Like, It'd be really funny to see Jay Barachel show up. I mean, he plays Hiccup, which is the main character Viking dude who works with the Toothless Dragon in the cartoons, but I mean, he's older than his character, so I don't know yeah, I was gonna what say, character his he would play a in a live-action version. And also, uh, who's that comedian that's kind of fallen out of favor who was on Silicon Valley for a few seasons? Oh, T.J. Miller. Yeah, T.J. Miller, up and down, controversial guy. Tonight's movie has a controversial actor. We'll get to that in a little while. But, mm. um, or, or you know, a uh, you know, controversial He's controversial now. <laughs> what? He's definitely, you can definitely label him as controversial. Yeah, he's a little bit out there. We'll get around to it. Um, the nanny who was who witnessed the fallout between uh, Olivia Wilde 
and Ted Lasso. <laughs> Just kidding. His name is Jason Sudeikis in real life, folks. But anyway, um, they had like a notorious public divorce and a lot of back and forth. And then apparently, I thought the nanny was going to like write a tell-all book, but apparently she's suing them for like, I don't know, distress or trauma. I don't know exactly what's yeah, going to happen. It sounds like fights, a tabloid so. thing ready for New York Post or like, you know, the rags. Like tabloid journalism reporting. Uh, hey, she lost a job too when they split up. So I mean, sure, she's need to get she needs to get paid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. It might have affected her during the the pandy. Uh, hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I was excited. I thought you were going to give me some news about the TV show, The Nanny. Like, there's long pause. There. Oh, there's a nanny TV ruby coming from freaking Hulu. <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, I, that became my pandemic watch. <laughs> Fran Drescher plays the mother-in-law of the new nanny is going to teach her how to, I don't know, raise Live the children. And dress well. <laughs> wow. I Maybe, maybe <laughs> crossover some other show that's also remade. Um, speaking of remakes, Dead Ringers, which was a could have fit into a bad romance movie month or weird movie month. Dead Ringers yeah. is a horror movie where Jeremy Irons plays twins. I don't know that if I'm recollecting the, same the movie woman. correctly because I think one of the twins kills the other and we don't know which twin he is at the end of the movie. Hmm. Or they're just, or they're just murderers so- together. I don't remember exactly what the obsession is in that movie. I'll have to I would have to watch it again to really They were obsessed with like, I'm blanking on the whole woman. movie, but I just know it's Jeremy Iron playing twins, it's a horror movie. Yeah. And now Rachel Weiss is gonna play the twins in like a miniseries or something on on one of the cable streamers isn't there already a show just like that it's called echoes i think it's on netflix she plays a twin and one of the twins is missing but then she also like plays both like she Hmm. she like pretends to be both twins and is playing like both sides of the story but but there's only one lady not they're not really twins or they are twins well there's twins in the show right but one of the twins goes missing and then the solo twin decides to fake to be the other twin. Have you ever seen the cable guy with Jim Carrey? And no, I've um, heard about it tons of times. I feel like Matthew that should Broderick. be a shameful so, screening. Cable guy is like a dark comedy that Judd Apatow made, but there's like a movie within a movie because there's, or they're doing like the televised, it's supposed to be like, like the Menendez brothers, but it's with yeah. Ben so you know the the Menendez mm-hmm. brothers, like one of the the twins killed like their parents or whatever. But in this movie version, the twins, one of the twins kills the other twin, and it's Ben Stiller. And so they would they'll in the movie they cut to like the ongoing trial, right? Like on cable news, like hard copy or mm-hmm. Inside Edition or something. And it's really funny. And I always thought like they should have really done like a comedy. Right. About a twin that murders the other twin, like a really hard-edged, like... Twinception like... coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, yeah, yeah. well, what's great about that in The Cable Guy is, like, he's right. It's like, it's on in the background. Like, they never focus on it, but there's always in the background, like, you know... But by the end of the movie, the you kind of, like, heard the whole period. story. You know what I mean? Because yeah. mm-hmm. they cut like, to it enough that you've heard, like, this whole other story. Like, he was a child actor on, like, a TV show called Double Trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, an 80s show. <laughs> He was mm. stopped being famous, so then he killed his brother, and yeah, it's it's hilarious. That could have been its own movie. John yeah, it would have been awesome. Uh, finally, folks, we're not talking about panties or Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, or getting stuck or having to go through TSA checkpoints. <laughs> the movie of the week is called The Last Detail. It's a hidden gem of Jack Nicholson movies. If you haven't seen it, it's basically. Oh, it's also a Hal Ashby movie. We might have mentioned that at the top of the hour. Um, so two petty officers from the Navy, they have to take another sailor who's in trouble named Meadows. They have to deliver him to a prison. And on the way there, they kind of start to like the guy. And they're like, how can we do this? Because like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Like We can't really help him because then we'll lose our careers. They're like mid-level right. Navy guys. And they have such a sweet setup right now because... Neither of them are actively assigned to either a war zone or a ship. So they're kind of like kicking back, spending petty cash. It's um, Jack Nicholson as a character called uh, Wadowski and Otis Young as a character called Mule Hall, who they call Mule. 
And then Randy Quaid as Meadows, who's the young wet behind his ears officer that they're taking to the brig. And uh, oh, he supposedly tried. He, his crime is he stole $40 from a charity plate at a Navy dinner sponsored by like the Navy base's officer's wife. I'm like, mm. oh, that's why they came down hard because he made somebody's wife angry, mm-hmm. and the wife mm-hmm. pestered the navy officer to prosecute this poor guy. It's just like wrath of the navy wife, <laughs> and and then comes to find out he didn't actually take the forty dollars, but they want to put him eight years in the brig or the military prison or whatever, eight years, which is kind of nuts. And they think it's nuts, but they can't really do anything about it because they're not like advocates; they're just like. They kind of realize, like, as the movie goes on, you kind of get the feeling that these two guys know what a sweet spot they're set up in, and so they don't want to rock the boat or tip the boat over if we're using right. metaphors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's see if Dave brought the dangerous trivia, the facts. Let's see what he's got. There's a bunch of cameos in this movie. Let's see if he found some. Let's see what he thinks about Hal Ashby. Dave, what do you got? Well, um, I'm kind of all over the place with these facts. There's a lot to go over here. Um, th- so place, okay. this movie was. Okay, look, you're gonna live up to expectations tonight, <laughs> but, Dave. But it's all it's all gonna relate. You're gonna to be the movie. a hero. <laughs> you're gonna let us down. Um, so the script was actually completed in 1970, but the studio uh, who had it, Columbia, wanted screenwriter Robert Town to tone down the language in the movie as they felt it was too mm-hmm. profane at the time. Um, however, it just got caught in limbo and the culture ended up catching up with the script and it was made two years later without any changes. Um, the movie was essentially shot twice uh, because there was a they would shoot alternate takes that had cleaner scenes, less language for a TV cut. Um, in fact, the editor of the movie agreed to cut the TV version only because he wanted to make sure it was done right and not a hack job as it was going to be done without with or without him. So I actually started watching it. There is a TV cut that replaces all the language and alternate takes and so forth. It's like almost is it better? Quite, no, I mean, but but having said that, it also doesn't take away like they they really from what I watched they got around it really well um, hmm. as far as the TV cut goes. Um, speaking of all the language, this has sixty five uses of the F word, which was the record at the time. Um, so this, <laughs> this was like the first to they called it like the, one of the first like big bad language movies or like big cussing movies. You get mm. away with an F word here and there. But this was like the first one to have a ton in one movie. Um, but uh, so speaking of how Ashby during pre-production in Canada, he was arrested for possession of marijuana, which nearly cost him the job because the studio was looking for any excuse to get rid of him. Um, however, Jack Nicholson stuck by him in the studio kind of had to too um and talking about mule the role of mule was originally given to an actor named uh, rupert cross who was a friend of jack nicholson's um, however uh, just prior to uh, shooting he was diagnosed with cancer and they actually put the uh, movie on pause for about a week uh, to give him time to decide whether he wanted to move on or not and they ended up uh giving the role to otis young playing mule um so uh, me and John were actually talking about this amongst ourselves earlier. There is an unofficial sequel to this movie made just a few years ago called Last Flag Flying, uh, written and directed by, well, um, written or directed by Richard Linklater. It was actually written, the script was written by the author of both the book and the sequel. Um, but Richard Linklater has called it an unofficial sequel or a spiritual sequel. So but even it's though the characters are similar. The guy with the mustache and Last Flag Flying is not Budowski and Nicholson rocks like a classic mustache in the last yeah. detail that's like iconic. So you would think when you see the new movie, oh, mustache must equal mustache, but it doesn't. The Brian Cranston character is Budowski. Full, kind of have the a Steve Carell yeah. character is Meadows. And then Mule Hall is now called Mueller or something. And it's played yeah. by Lawrence. Well, they, and yet they still call him the Mule, but like the, the yeah. proper last name is. Although in this story, it, it is Meadows' really son heavy. is supposed to have gotten killed in action in like Afghanistan yeah. or something. And like they're trying to go retrieve the body. Yeah. Um, that well, movie came out a couple of years ago. The way to ago. read the mustache, they, though. They don't have, if you hadn't seen like the behind the scenes and, and heard the filmmakers and the actors say that it was a sequel, I never correlated the two movies like at all because they're so different. They are, um, I, I heard about it somewhere. Like I, I can't remember where I read it, but like uh, I think I told you I seen both of these movies independently of one another, and then I read somewhere that they were connected. And watching them this time, you could see the connections. But so, were you going to mention uh, Hal Ashby's uh, filmography at all? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk more about one of his movies later, but um, yeah, he's um, he started off as an editor. I, I can't remember if he won an Academy Award, but he definitely cut the movie in the heat of the night, which was a big Oscar winner. Um, he did a few. He he was like a, one of the one of those yeah, guys that worked his out. way up to editing. Harold and Maude, Shampoo, Coming Home, Being There being with there. Peter Sellers. Um, two other more indie style things that are really cool. He did like that. With Rolling Burt Stones Young's documentary. Eight Million Ways to Die with Jeff Bridges and Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. Um, um, he's mostly known for his 70s work. Like, I know you just mentioned yeah. some of his 80s stuff, but that's... There's actually a great documentary, if you want to learn about the guy more, called How, um, that kind of goes into that. And, like, how his 80s work, he was just kind of done with the studios and just did a lot of for-hire work. He wasn't as passionate. Those but... uh, celeb cameos now, there's a New Ager scene where they're chanting... You got Gilda Radner, the comedian who's in the in first, first season role. of SNL. Probably yeah. considered one of the greatest living female comedians of all time. You got well, Nancy Allen, who's <laughs> going to turn into a huge actress in the 80s and 90s. She's in Robocop. She's Carrie. in Dress to Kill. She's in The Big Dress. Chill. Yeah, That's some of her best stuff. You also got Jim Horn, who's like a famous musician. He's in that scene as well. Um, the biggest cameo in the movie probably, though, plays a sex worker. Because basically... As the story goes on in this movie, they realize this kid doesn't have a lot of life experience except for shoplifting, which they set out early on in the movie to show you that like the most devious thing about Meadows, besides his innocence, is he does tend to steal whatever he can get his hands on, mostly candy. They want to get him laid because there's like he can't go to prison for eight years and not having made love to a woman at all. Right. And then they they are trying to hang out with these chicks. It doesn't work at a party because there's like an ant. It's like at the time that Dave's talking about like social revolution. It's like. The servicemen aren't that hot in this town they're in. They kind of more encounter like hippies. So it's like counterculture. So they're like, oh, no, we're not going to hook up with you, your your Navy guys. And then it's like they're at the wrong party. So then later on, you know, they visit a special house. They meet the ladies of the night. They hook up with a sex worker. But that's Carol Kane, Mm. who's also a comedian. She's in The Princess Bride as Miracle Max's wife. She plays the fairy ghost in... uh, um, Scrooge. Scrooge, and she's also in Jumping Jack Flash. I bet you most modern audiences would remember her from um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was uh, the landlord. In she that also show. does a voice in uh, that hormone cartoon that everybody loves on Netflix, the the animated thing. Oh, um, um, Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Yeah, she Which, plays. Who does she play? Yeah, I don't uh, know. it's one of the old women characters. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't know the show that well. So. Hmm. I watched that show and I, I'll have to look. I don't recognize her voice in that show, but I'm um, sure she's there. She's really interesting in this movie. She's like, like slightly. In, I, I don't know if it's the director did this or she did this, but she's like captivating in like a mysterious way. Like you want to know more about her, but you don't. She's only in the movie for like ten minutes, so you don't really yeah, know why she's stuck there. Why she like how she got in that life, but you want to know because she's more like a legitimate character. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting like i don't there's not a ton of uh young carol kane that i've seen and like she usually plays like really weird eccentric characters it's just kind of built in but like she's actually like very sexy (laughs) like it's kind of weird because like i said she usually plays oh captivating that's the word i was looking for. you know really crazy characters yeah no it's um it's interesting to see a different side of her like a more dramatic side of her but she's usually playing like very like hostile angry frustrated characters which is part of her comedy like yeah like miracle max's wife have you seen you've seen the princess bride jordan i have but it's been so long like she's the one that too blave too blave no he clearly said true love (laughs) you know it's a big moment in that movie um where are we at let's see i think we're up to the booths oh actually messages okay so we've been plugging this dubby energy blends on the show is like our official energy drink this month we actually helped them sell out of some of their flavors. So now they're doing nice. pre-orders. Some of those flavors might be available, but if you take the time to go to their little thing and you put in this code, spoiler, you'll get 10% off the energy drink blends, which are pretty good. I got the lemonade one. I have the blueberry one. The fruit punch that I sent Jordan is now sold out. It is delicious. It'll come back though. Yeah. Kind of cool to get an email saying that like we helped, them as one of their content partners like sell the hell out of their energy blends so good we are folks so if you're an energy drink maker out there and you want to be official sponsors get a hold of frank the cat 
Yes. I'll, I'll get the ad placed on the show. Um, that's like an inside joke, unless they go back and listen to the four other jokes we made about our HR, human resources, being Jordan's cat. Figure it out, folks. I'm not going to help you draw a map to our other episodes. Yes, Frank takes all sponsorship inquiries at frank yeah. at bwpodcast.com. So. <laughs> Um, so that's a W report and yeah, Dave's right. We're, we've arrived at the favorite bits, which are bits. led by Jordan. Favorite bits from this movie. Off. Um, I would say my bit is two parts it starts off in the hotel room, right? So they're like progressively taking him through all these experiences so he can have these experiences before he's put away for eight years Definitely makes you feel a little bit like preparing a delicious steak dinner for a very, very, very old dog that you have, you know. Um, but they're in the hotel room and he's having his first beer. And um, what's his name? But Badesky is teaching him the hand motions. Yeah. And he makes him repeat them back. And so I love how they they bring that joke back later on when Meadows tries to escape. Yeah, he's using it as a distraction, he's, but he's he, actually good at doing the motions. Like, so it's yeah. like he has potential as a Navy officer. That's the whole deal. Yeah, right. You know what though? You reminded me that the beer they're drinking is called Slits, which is a Midwest beer. Mm. I was talking about Dave about this. I was like, I had to Google this. Where's this beer? Schlitz. Like, so Slitch is like Pabst Blue Ribbon bought it in like '99 when its factory stopped making it, and then and like. Uh, 2020, uh, another brewery bought the formula, or or the people Blue Ribbon that owns Paps also owns that formula, and then sourced it out to another company to make slits. But then they're not like making it; like it's in like Florida, somewhere in the Midwest, and like mm. another place, and like that's it. So it's uh, mm. very regional, but it would be cool. Somebody track it down. Every everything I click to order it is like sold out. Oh goodness! Uh. Yeah, it would be cool. I'm all but it was that. a famous from like the 70s, 80s. So like this is this movie is like a time capsule because that beer you think it's like a fake movie prop, and then you Google it and it's like oh my gosh, it's like a real famous beer, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> well, they did um, the product placement really, really good. So yeah, yeah well, definitely. Well, speaking of it, because I saw you you talked about that before I watched that part in the movie, but like there's Paps Blue Ribbon right next. Like they're drinking interchangeably drinking Schlitz and Paps Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but that kind of yeah. sets the mood, David. These are the kind of guys they are, you know? Right. Hey, I I got some paps in my fridge. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you said he had another bit? Yeah, well, just that he signals bye-bye as he's, like, trying to book it. So uh, I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. But what about you, Dave? Um, You know, I wasn't planning to talk about this part. But now that you mentioned um, in the hotel, there's just a... It, they do the best drunk acting I've seen in a long time. Um, like the, the key to good drunk acting that I've noticed is not to like act so boisterous, but to like be drunk, but try to act like you're not drunk. So like stumbling when you're like trying to balance yourself and there's a lot of that going on and trying to decide who's going to take the, uh, the, uh, the day beds or not the day beds, but the, um, fold outs, <laughs> those kinds of things. And just them struggling, <laughs> try to open these, these cots. Like I'm, cause I'm imagining, like I've been that drunk. Like I was particularly looking at mule and he's just like swaying back and forth. I'm like, I've been that drunk. And like to think about that and trying to mess with one of those beds would be a nightmare. Close one uh, eye to focus a little better. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, uh, there's there's a line I love in the beginning. Um, you know, it's just a great turn of phrase. Like, oh, I wouldn't shit you. You're my favorite turd. Uh, <laughs> that kind of killed me. Uh, but the, the other bit, just the arc of um, of uh, you know Meadows. Uh, just a little scene where you know he's like, oh, I hope they melt my cheese at the diner. And you know he gets in Jack Nickel or you know Budowski asks him if it's you know correct. He's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And like, just that idea of like, they're trying to boost him. Like, even though they're sending him to jail, like they're still trying to like, give him a sense of confidence, which clearly he doesn't have, Um, you know, like there's that scene later on, you know, calling back to that where like, oh, these eggs aren't over medium and him at least speaking up for himself. I, I'm trying to, I don't even think they fixed the eggs for him, but just the fact that he even said something. We don't see them bring it back, but he does stop the waiter on the train to fix his eggs. Yeah. Oh yeah. He stops them. I just didn't know if they brought brought it back but it but long story short he like oh he had his arc he finally stuck up for himself even just as something as simple as like these are not the eggs i wanted or how i wanted them um i don't know that just kind of 
stuck with me. I mean, it's funny because um, I mostly know Randy Quaid as an old actor, but like watching him here, I mean, this is one of the few movies where he's like just a baby face, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. Cause I'm always thinking of like crazy cousin Eddie mm-hmm. or something. Jack Nicholson looked so fine too. in that mustache, <laughs> I have to say. So I was like, okay, okay. All right. Anyways, John. Yeah. What about you, John? So the sequence that I like is like when they are on their first ride into DC, then they're on their first outing. They get their first six pack of beer and they're freezing to death. And they're trying to figure out if they want to go to a hotel or try to catch the last train. Then they're in the scene that Jordan's talking about where they're drinking the beers. And the general atmosphere of the movie is really good because there's stuff that like are believable. Like when he tries to escape in the public park and Jack Nicholson's character falls down the hill and loses his boot. And then gets so upset that he starts pistol whipping him. You're like, yeah, and in real life, like uh, intense moments like that, there is also an element of like tomfoolery or like accidental mishaps. Like the hero would lose a shoe in real life, not in a movie, but in like real life, you would lose your boot and still have to perform your duty. But that's the things they leave out, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like in a big action movie, they're like, we're not going to have this guy lose his shoes, but in real war, you'll lose a boot or a knife or, or something silly will happen and you still have to continue the fight. You know, you know what I mean? So it's nice that the movie does these things that seem like pretty real, you know, and and could happen. Like, uh, um, they happen to be like in the kid's hometown at some point. They're like, do you want to go see, like, do you want to hang out in your house? Do you like want to say goodbye to your parents before you get booted or whatever? And then you find out like he's raised by an alcoholic mom. Cause you don't see her, but you see like all her accoutrement, right? You know what, you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, that's why he was swearing off beer early on and everything. Um, I feel like it's pretty down to earth. I don't know how accurate uh, the petty officer behavior is. I don't know where they got these uh, military, if they're military attitudes or if military people like the movie or not. Like, um, it, I can, I mean, actually can, way, I can kind, kind of confirm that, actually. <laughs> this movie, actually, honestly, even though they make a mistake and they beat him up. Like, um, one of the saddest parts, though, I'll say is like, but they don't even actually get to say goodbye to the character Meadows. Like he gets rushed away by the MPs at the jail so quickly. And they're kind of like shell shocked. Like the um, Budowski and, and Mulehall are like, they wanted to have like, they wanted to one last moment with the kid, but then he's taken away and he's jailed or whatever. So they, there's not like real closure or like a real goodbye, but then they, then they snap back into like, Oh, we're, we're on our detail. Like we could, the mission's over. We got to go back or whatever. It is really funny that they don't get in trouble because their officer forgot to sign the detail. Like the orders aren't signed, but the other guy would have to then report that it wasn't signed, but he accepted the prisoner, which would make him look bad. So everybody's just kind of like, oh, just move it along, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. Or another funny moment is when they, uh, the, the, uh, there's, there's like a competitiveness between the different branches of the military. So like when they meet the army guys and they have the bathroom fight. <laughs> and then take off kind of funny um again it's one of my favorite jack nicholson movies so i think we know which way i'm gonna go for the ratings which is where we are um because it's romance month we've done like it or love it like it or hate it we usually say binge now binge later binge never but we're doing a special thing where we're saying love it like it or hate it i liked it, Oof, it just the like all right, can't win, can't win them all. Took a little bit for me to warm up to it, but I yeah. was really glad I stuck it out because it definitely got better and better as they tried to, you know, give him his experiences before they put him away. What about you, Dave? Um, this is a love it. I mean, I, I I really do love these types of movies. I mean, they don't. Not trying to sound like an old fogey, but they really don't make a lot of like small little character pieces like this before. You're not like a this. fogey, dude. This was made before you, bro. Well, I know, but I mean, <laughs> but I'm not trying. I'm trying not to be like, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore. But like, it's also just kind of true. Like they don't. Like this is, I mean, there's big stakes, but I mean, the movie's very low key. Like uh, I feel like if this was made today, I don't, I don't know, they push it in one extreme direction or another, but. It's just like it feels like a very small movie, but a very big stakes movie at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but hmm. um, yeah, I, I love this movie. Like, um, this is only the second time I've seen it, and I, you know, probably watch it again in the next few years. I don't know. I think we know where John's going, but give your official rating, John. Oh, I love it. 
<laughs> I'm shocked by Jordan's rating, but then she surprised me last week because she loved that, and I didn't like that movie. And so I've completely erased last week. Was it last week that you loved it or the week before? I can't remember. She liked last week. I liked so. last week. Liked last week. The reflecting skin. Yeah. Anyway, but collect. so if we have two love it's and one like, that means overall two out of three. So that's a love it for the Watch rating it. of this movie. Yeah. Um, we have a funny... We have another uh, fan that sent in another freaking um, was too shy to kind of make a voicemail for us because we've been doing um, bad dating voicemails, but kind of a funny question. Send us an email. It's kind of like a two-parter. How do we handle being hit on by this, by like our same sex? So basically like I'm a man. How do I handle get, getting hit on by men? Jordan's a girl. What do you do when girls get on you? Dave, same thing, same mm-hmm. question. And, uh, and have we also seen the D with Jack Black, but it's actually the, that movie I think he's referring to the D train with James Marston, mm. not to confuse confused with James Marster, mm. but that's um a comedy. It's entertaining. I did actually see that a few months ago. Uh, it's kind of funny. So, do you guys know that movie? I, it's been on my watch so, list for a long time, but I so haven't sat and watched it. Jack Black it. is like not popular, but he's on the committee to do like a high school reunion, and then one of their classmates became an actor and went to Hollywood. So Jack Black goes to find James Marsden's character in Hollywood and they end up hooking up, but Jack Black's never had a same sex situation. So then he has to go back to his hometown and say like, well, did you get the actor to come through the reunion? And suddenly he's like, now he was like basically trying to have them, you know, pay for the guy's hotel flight and all this stuff like to get the famous guy to come to their reunion. But then when he gets back, his whole attitude has changed. Right. Because, well, the other classmates don't know, about the hookup right so now jack black's like i cheated on my wife like this is awkward and then like uh you know jack black starts to feel used and thrown away by the other guy but then the other guy does decide he wants to come back and get back to the normal life in the hometown (laughs) so that's when it gets ridiculous but it's kind of funny and it also has a katherine khan or no katherine hahn the actor who's in um afternoon delight she's in Step Brothers, she played a witch in the Marvel show. She's Agatha. Yeah, she's in a lot of things, so she's pretty cool. Han, not Khan. Catherine hmm. Han. Um, yeah, so who wants to answer the sexy question first? Me, I'll go. I always feel flattered. I will flirt a little back, but also, you know. Get them free drinks at the bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I always feel flattered, Dave. Uh, I've I've only had it happen a, a couple of times, and same. I've been flattered. Like, in fact, I I'm oblivious to like anybody's like um af- I don't know affection or until uh, you flirt. wake up in their trunk. <laughs> uh, but actually, one time, me and my wife were um hang uh, going uh, bar hopping at uh, in San Francisco, and um we ended up in this one place like. That the mood was just right, like they had good music on. Were you down and, in the Castro district, Dave? No, like uh, no, this was actually in the hate, but uh, you <laughs> oh. know, hey, I, I have hung around the Castro, uh, but yeah, so like this bar just seemed cool, and then it just dawned on us, like where we were, like there was Titanic on the TV instead of sports. My wife pointed out uh, the pink triangle, so everything setting rainbow. the mood. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then it finally dawned on me, and that's fine. And and this guy just sloppy drunk next, like next to us, like just leaned in, like, would you tell this boy he's cute, referring to me? And I'm like, <laughs> and I like I blushed because like I don't get hit on, and like this was like, oh, he blatantly hit on me, and I was like, I, I just I was flattered by it. I was like, you know, giddy, like, oh, thanks, but I'm with my lady, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Uh, so yeah, sure, I don't have a problem with it, John. No, I mean, I'm going to just echo the same uh, sentiment. Actually, like, in high school, I thought it was awkward. And then in college, so, as you were saying, like, about being oblivious or, like, not registering something, like, a dude bought me a $200 pair of boots. And then, like, we went out. We, we were doing activities, but they were technically dates, I guess, right? So we were, hey, you know what I mean? Like, wait, wait, wait. This, how have like, you not written so, this into a script? Hold on. <laughs> this is a like, whole short yeah. movie right here. I was like, oh, shit, this dude's really into me. 
he bought me a really expensive pair of fucking boots at a Rodeo Drive fucking Beverly Hills fucking store. Holy shit. <laughs> I feel like that's the difference between guys hitting on guys and girls hitting it on girls because girls, I feel like, make it blatantly obvious. Mm. You know, like there's no way you could mistake that. But I don't know. It's like, I guess I didn't give in to his like magnets, like all these feelers he was putting out. But like I was getting wined and dined, didn't even realize it. Nice boots. They were great boots, man. <laughs> Rocked them for like four years. Didn't know I had a sense of style. Um, also flattered. I think that's the right response. Not getting into a bar fight over it. Like not committing a hate crime. That's probably the wrong thing. Uh, yeah, play it cool. Hard. Good. All I can say, just play it cool. Hey. Play it cool. Could be a chapter in the book of your life. You never know. Never know. Dave, how's my uh, biography coming? Uh, we're we're up to the third chapter. Chapter three. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Staff picks. If we want to recommend something to the audience that's relative to the theme, which is love movies, rom coms, whatever. Do you got something this week, Jordan? It's something that falls in the whatever category. Yeah. Um, well, no, I just was going to bring it up only because you brought up Hellboy earlier. Um, my man's making me watch Sons of Anarchy for the first time. Whoa. Never seen it. Yeah. So. You got some traumatizing scenes coming up. I believe that. Yeah. I just watched some man's back get burned off. So that's And some hard love. There's a lot of hard love in that show. I believe that. Yeah. Street love. Anyways. Oh, hold on. I've never seen that show. Is it? Like now, you've never seen Sons of Anarchy. No, I have not seen something. Sons of Anarchy. That's like right up David's alley. Like David, you got a jacket like those dudes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know anything about me? I am nothing. (laughs) That's my. The funny thing is, that's my family. I am like the total opposite. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good so far. So. Anyways, Dave, you said you watched another movie. I did. I actually. well, this is not my recommendation, but like me and the wife tried to like, you know, Valentine's Day, we threw on like a new uh, romantic comedy, uh, hit My Place Yours. Don't watch that. That's not what I'm recommending. In fact, it was so <laughs> awful. I had to watch it out with a good movie. Um, and hmm. since we watched a Hal Ashby movie this week um, and it was Valentine's Day um, after my wife went to bed, I decided to rewatch Harold and Maude. And for anybody who's not seen it, this is like a very classic cult movie. Um I was surprised to find out it wasn't a hit when it came out, but it grew a cult over the years. But uh, basically a young guy who's obsessed with death. Um, his father's out of the picture. His mother dotes on him and he just wants to be left alone. Uh, but he's really into death. He like constantly uh, fakes suicides in front of his mother to like get a rise out of her. <laughs> and he hangs out at funerals where he meets Maude, who is 80 years old and he's 21. Um, they actually form a romance uh, between an 80 year old. This is like, spring very very winter romance um but like it's kind of weird like i hadn't seen this in years and like you forget how lovable the character of Maud is like she's this little old lady and as weird as it is like you when you watch the two together you're like okay i kind of buy it like i kind of i get why this young guy would be attracted to this 80 year old as weird as that sounds um but it has one of the most dramatic endings that turns into kind of a laugh i won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it but like there's a moment at the end where like i literally like even though i've seen it before i went <gasps> like because I, I forgot what happens at the end and then there's like a fake out and then you're kind of relieved and it's a sort of a happy ending i guess but um if you if you like well jordan if you liked how to mod might be more up your alley if you were just lukewarm on last detail this is a little more romantic and a little more silly I don't know. Check it out. I, I don't, I'll watch it. That sounds like something I would like. John, did you watch anything? Oh, yeah. Um, I tuned into the end of Can't Buy Me Love because it's like a movie. It was shown on IFC, but it's like a stop and watch it. You know, like some movies you happen to see scrolling through and you're like, oh, I got to stop. You got to watch it's so good. Minutes. I got to watch it. Hmm. So it holds up. It's similar to another high school movie from the 80s. It's kind of twisted. Because, I mean, basically, he pays the popular girl to pretend to be his girlfriend so he can become popular. Which is really funny, because, like, the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, there was, like, a caste system in junior high and high school. Like, you could, there were segregated groups, right? You know what I mean? Like, with, like, traditional roles, jocks, 
nerds, oh, right. uh, goths, you know, whatever, right? Whatever the caste system is at the time. And uh, that's what it is. He's like, he does an experiment to see if he p- can pay the popular girl all his lawn mower cutting money. And it's Patrick Dempsey. This is like his first movie that he's known from, McDreamy or whatever from that hospital show. Mm-hmm. Um, Grey's Anatomy. It's like his first movie. And and there's a bunch of 80s teen actors, whatever, in this movie. But towards the end, he gives a speech at the lunch table because one of the jocks is going to beat up his other nerdy friend. And he's like, man, we were all friends. You know, Kenneth here, he carried you 12 blocks to the hospital when you broke your arm. And now you want to break his arm because he's talking to Patricia. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so so if you watch that movie, certain parts of it, like you just stop and watch. And um, what else did I watch? Oh, there's a new... I guess it's a romantic comedy. It's Dave Franco's new movie with his wife. Um, oh, Alison Brie. Alison Brie. It's called Someone I Used to Know, and it's on <laughs> Amazon Prime. What the movie really is, it's like Dave Franco becoming comfortable with the fact that his wife is a nudist in real life. Hmm. And the movie, I mean, like it's like it's like watching a husband and wife filmmaking team do therapy. That's not what the plot of the movie is, but that's what I feel like I'm really watching. Like. What's going on behind, like behind the curtain? Hmm. But um, the movie's about like a TV producer whose reality TV show called like Dessert Island, you know, like the, it's a, one of those like bachelor type shows, gets canceled, and she goes to her hometown, and her boy that she was in love with like ten years ago or whatever is getting married to somebody else who's kind of like her, and then they're streaking in the movie, and they interview nudists at the end of the movie, so it kind of wraps around and the publicity for the movie she did like an instagram where she ran naked through a hotel and then freaked out david franco that's like the joke but that's her right. husband he's like the little franco not the big franco he's the other one right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so i was actually kind of interested in that would, would you say love it like it hate it if if you haven't seen her naked enough and you need to see her naked again then watch the movie but well i've already plots, seen glow so i've whatever. seen it so then as a story as a movie what would you say? If they had added a couple more cast members from Community, the show Community, this could have been the Community movie. Because hmm. there's one guy's in there. Danny Pudi. Yeah. I saw the trailer. I didn't watch the movie yet. I had a lot of I had a lot of hopes because I love Glow. And uh Dave Franco did another movie, I think, that was alright. Can't remember well, what he directed he directed another movie with his wife like a year or two ago called The Rental, which was actually Oh yeah, a horror bad. movie. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, he's trying to grow as like a director or whatever. Pretty interesting. Um, there you go. That's what I watched. Never seen Glow, so I got added to the list. I hear it's so Although good. There, the only Glow, thing Glow uh, is like really, really good, man. The yeah. only the only thing that would suck that I would almost tell you not to watch it is you're gonna fall in love with it and then it doesn't have a conclusion. Because, no, that's the worst. The pandemic well, it's screwed one of those up its last season where the show ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, it was due to come back, but then the pandemic screwed everything, and their so, ultimate decision was, like, like, just drop it. In the first season, they're doing wrestling just at, at events, and then the second season, they try to get wrestling on TV, and then the final season, wrestling at a Las Vegas casino, and then after that, you don't know where they're going to take the show. Yeah. Back to television? Is that what... Some, they're, I don't know. Like, that's... Uh, we'll never know unless they ever yeah. pick it up again. Um, But it's kind of cool. I mean, it's based on the glorious ladies of wrestling, like the female wrestlers... Not specific characters because I don't think they have the rights to the characters that were in real wrestling. But I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I they actually, make up I don't some characters I... and they do like the bits and the gimmicks and the promos mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of cool. And there's drama behind the scenes, obviously like relationship afterwards. dramas and stuff like that. And Mark Marin, it's probably like one of the best characters he's done because he plays like a sleazy '70s horror uh, director who's in now in charge of like producing the wrestling show. But then like he and Allison Brie has a will they won't they kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Next week, what's the movie? Let's see. Perfect Blue 1997 anime just in time because Dave is dying for another anime to watch. It's about a pop singer that gives up her career to become an actress, but she slowly goes insane and feels like she's being stalked by an obsessed fan and a ghost from her past. This is a notorious anime. has quite a reputation, and it's supposed to be really good. It's psychological drama because we're moving into the real March Madness, which is movies about mental illness, Crazy movies that have crazy elements could be the characters, could be the setup, could be the plot. Um, I've you're gonna need a lot of pina coladas to get through March. 
You're going to need to keep a box of tissues close and uh, and have that safe movie. You know, like have a movie that you watch that can, you know, make you get through all your emotions of the movies you just watched. Like, what's a good safety movie? Um, Dave, what's a good feel-good movie to watch out all the crazy stuff we're about to watch? Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Dude, no! <laughs> What are you talking that's, about? That's an uplifting even movie. More you're like uplift. You're like this prison what are you talking drama. About? That is like noted is, as one of the most uplifting feel good movies of all time. When we face all the craziness, no. All right, anyway, fine. John I mentioned Princess Bride earlier. Why not throw on so Princess Bride? I'm not going to play the outro song because I guess this is just a raw, a raw episode, Jordan. Well, I feel like Dave has to have a list of chaser movies because he always brings mm. up like a second, like if he doesn't like a movie, he always has one after. So yeah. I like it. Don't watch Perfect Blue, the live action adaptation. That's horrible. Got to find the anime. It's on Shutter. I know that. For those who have Shutter, um, folks, thanks for sticking in your romantic problems with us. Hopefully, we answered your questions and told you some good stories. As Dave would say, stimulating stories, right, David? Sure. Yeah, stimulating. Super stories. Scintillating. Super know. stories. I'm trying to think of as many S words we can say to stories. Sinful. Anyway, come back next week. We'll spoil some more movies with you. And and I don't know. Maybe Jordan will escape from the room she's trapped in. I don't know. We'll see. I got the multi-tool. So stay tuned. <laughs> I might still be here. <laughs>